great or is it just great? I got great, great, great right on down the hill. But anyhow, don't forget them too, please. They got the COVID and uh, they're real sick right now. Is that everybody? Anybody else? I wish you'd really pray about uh, little Ronnie coming. He'll be here on March the 6th. Uh, at the funeral service we had Saturday, we were just telling people about it, and there's a bunch of people said they're going to be here because they love to hear Ronnie sing. And just uh, if you'll just tell everybody, we'll have a building full that Sunday, and we'll be able to preach the gospel and get the message out. I'm just looking forward to it. So that's March the 6th. That'll be here before we can turn around now. I'm getting older. Pray for us, will you please? Take your Bible tonight. Matthew chapter 7. It's amazing to me what people think it takes to be saved. And I want you what I want to talk to you about tonight is what really counts with God when it comes to this matter of salvation. Now, I'm not talking about living for God after you're saved. I'm talking about to get saved. Uh, beginning in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wondrous work, wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to make somebody understand what it really takes to be born again, to be a child of God. And the things that people think that it don't count to be saved. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. According to these verses, many more in, besides these, God really doesn't count what people think counts to be saved. is a... Did you find your keys? Did you find your keys? Oh, is your glasses? Well, why am I praying for your keys? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she called me all upset. Yes, she can't find her glasses. And uh, I hope let's just keep praying that she can find them. Amen. Because they're very important. Anyhow, when it comes to going to heaven, I want to give you some things that do not count, first of all, when it comes to making, 
where you go to heaven or not. Number one, God does not count good works. Titus 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of right which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For grace He saved through faith that not He saved a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's not one verse in the Bible that says that anyone can work their way to heaven. Now, you can go to church, you can go to Sunday school, you can go to uh, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, all you want to and still die and go to hell. You can be baptized, put your tithe, be good to your neighbors, work hard on your job, be a good citizen in your community and still die and go to hell. Because if you do anything of these things to go to heaven, then where in the Bible does it say exactly how much is required of us for salvation? Note this, please. Even if a man worked in order to be saved, then his motive for his work would be rendered ineffective because he would be working out of fear of going to hell and not love. And 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 said, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, that word charity is love, it profits me nothing. Now, Matthew 7, verse 22 and 23 makes it very clear, not one is going to heaven on good works. Here in Matthew 7, Jesus is picturing a judgment scene and people are telling the Lord all about their good works, thinking God will let them into heaven. And then verse 23, He says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Notice He calls their good works works of iniquity. So, uh, we are to serve the Lord, that's true, after we are saved. Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. But that's after you're saved. Uh, again, Romans 11 verse 6, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. God does not count our good works. A man who died in a cheap motel room left a poem behind, part of which reads like this, I've tried in vain a thousand ways, my fears to quell, my hopes to raise, and all I need, the Bible says, is Jesus. Though some would mock and some would blame, in spite of fear, in spite of shame, I'll go to him because his name is Jesus. And the man who wrote that poem had wasted a fortune in search of peace and happiness, but he was never found either until he realized that Jesus Christ was all he needed and accepted him as Savior. Now, uh, so God does not count good works. Number one, God does not count our, our righteousness. If a man could go to heaven on his own righteousness, then he would have to be just as righteous as Jesus is righteous. No man except Jesus Christ has ever been that righteous. So important facts about God's righteousness. Number one, God is so righteous, no man can look upon God and live. Moses said in, uh, to God in Exodus 33, verse 18, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Not his face. I want you to notice that. He said, I want to see your glory. And God said to Moses in verse uh, chapter 20, verse 23, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Behold, there is a place by me, 
and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back part, but my face shall not be seen. Now the average citizen has no idea how holy and righteous God really is. Turn over to Isaiah a few minutes with me. Uh, the book of Isaiah. And I want you to look please in um, uh, chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's begin to read in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphs. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the Lord moved at the voice of him and cried, and the house was filled with smoke. According to these verses then, the seraphim, these mighty angels of God, are flying around the throne of God in heaven, singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. They could be singing, Justice, 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 because God is just. Or they could be singing, Love, 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 because God is love. They could be singing, Mercy, 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 because God is mercy. They could be singing, Long-suffering, 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 because God is long-suffering. But none of these they are singing holy, holy, holy. Now notice, as they sing holy, 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 they have their faces covered with two of their wings. They're not even allowed to look upon Almighty God uh, as they're singing holy, holy, holy unto Him. In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus says, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So, if I go to heaven... I must be as holy as God is holy, as righteous as God is righteous. And I cannot of myself be that righteous. Because Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Now turn over to Romans chapter 10. Here's some of the most important verses on this matter of righteousness. In Romans chapter 10, and I want to begin to read in verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for you is they might be saved. For I bear them record they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the rights of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now notice something. Here Paul is writing about some people going about trying to establish their own righteousness. Not realizing their righteousnesses are a filthy rags in God's sight. Not realizing Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. Notice heaven is not a reward for those who behave. Heaven is a gift for those who believe. A person who does not get better to get saved, they get saved to get better. God does not count our righteousness then when it comes to this matter of salvation. It's, a matter, it, it's always amazed me as preaching over the years 
and, and give an invitation to people, and people come forward, you go down and deal with them, and they talk, start talking about the things they want to give up to get saved. You can't show me one place in the Bible where God ever asked you to give up anything to get saved. All they'd ever ask you to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And then you receive the Holy Spirit and you begin to give up things to serve Him. Notice again, God does not count water baptism when it comes to this matter of salvation. Now remember this please. Baptismal regeneration was first taught by the Catholic Church and later on picked up by other denominations. Those who teach that God requires water baptism as an entrance into heaven teach that the water washes away sins. But the Bible, God's Word, says the only thing that can wash away our sin is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.22 Without shedding of blood there is no remission. Just simply reason this out. If a person had to be baptized to have his sins remitted or put off of him, then what is he going to do with his sins he committed after he's saved? 1 John 1.10 If we say that we have not sinned, talking to Christians now, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So that nobody that gets saved by God's grace and doesn't sin after they're saved by God's grace. So if water baptism were necessary for remittance of sins, then the one being baptized would have to get baptized over and over and over again. Literally, that person would have to stay in the baptistry because you don't know when you're going to die. Now think about it. Over and over again, you go to hell if water baptism was necessary for regeneration then. But just a minute now, if water baptism remits sin, then Jesus himself never remitted anyone's sins. Because John 4 verse 2 says, Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples baptized. Another thing, if water baptism was necessary for generation, then not one Old Testament person got saved. Because baptism is not mentioned one single time in the Old Testament. And there is not one single record of anyone being baptized by water before John the Baptist began baptizing converts in the New Testament. Another thing, those who teach water baptism is necessary for regeneration or salvation teach one plan of salvation for Old Testament people, another plan of salvation for New Testament people. Now, I want to show you something. Did you know that Old Testament saints got saved the same way the New Testament gets saved? Somebody said that uh, Noah built an ark and by him working and building an ark, that's how he got saved. No, he didn't. He obeyed God by building the ark. And obedience is the same way you get saved today. If God told me to go jump in the river seven times to come up to God go to heaven, I'd obey Him and I'd go to heaven. But God didn't say that. Now, Acts 10, verse 43, To Him give all the prophets witness that through His name, that is Jesus' name, whosoever believes in Him should receive remission of sins. And all the prophets have the same message, Old and New Testament prophets alike. They all preach remission of sin by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That ark typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. You get in Christ, you're saved. And you can take all the types and figures in the Old Testament. They point to one thing. 
That's the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. They look forward to the cross. We look back to the cross. Same way. So don't tell me that one gets saved one way and another another. God does not count good works, number one. God does not count our righteousness because we have none. God does not count water baptism. Now, we don't have time, if I would like to tonight, to discuss all the things that are not necessary, but the Roman Catholic believe you will receive all seven sacraments, then you'll go to heaven. The seven-day Adventists believe you must keep the old Jewish Sabbath along with the other nine commandments. The Muslims believe if he died defending his religion, he goes to heaven. But the Bible mean, warns, Proverbs 14 and verse 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Isaiah 55, verse 8. God says again, Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So, what does the Bible say that God really counts? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not he says a gift of God, not a works, lest any man should boast. So the Bible says here, salvation is not of ourselves. It is by grace through faith. Now, grace is the unmerited favor of God. And that unmerited favor simply means you don't deserve it. You don't deserve anything that God does for you. Jesus came in this world to die for you on His own volition, not because of our goodness. Someone says grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace and works cannot be mixed. To add any works to grace destroys grace completely. It's all grace or it's not grace at all. That's the reason that I have these preachers call me every once in a while. And I had a Church of Christ group came. They wanted to debate our church. And I said, we're never going to do that. Because what are you going to tell our people? And I'm going to read them the Bible. I had a priest, Catholic priest, said, I can come preach for you now. The Pope has broke down the middle of all the petition, so you can come preach for me and I can come preach for you. I said, what are you going to tell our people? That you get to take the elements of the Lord's Supper to go to heaven? I'm going to come down there and I'm going to preach by grace. You say, we have nothing in common then. And so we came fellowship together. Now, here, here's what I'm talking about. Grace and works don't mix. I can't get up here and preach by grace you say, and somebody else get right along behind me and preach up. Now, you've got to be good. You've got to cut your hair right. You've got to wear your dress long. You've got to do all these things. And by the law, keep the law the best you can. Be good and all these things. And then you'll go to heaven. They don't mix. Remember this, please. Jesus came in this world sinless, perfect. Jesus lived his life on this earth, sinless, perfect. Hebrews 4, verse 15. He was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Every temptation that man has ever been through, Jesus went through it. But he never yielded to it. Now remember this, please. Jesus came to this world sinless, perfect. The thief on the cross said of Jesus in Luke 23 verse 40 and 41 for we receive the due reward of our deeds but this man has done nothing amiss or wrong Pilate said of Jesus in John 19 verse 6 I find no fault in him 
Jesus Christ is the only person who ever lived as righteous as God himself is righteous. Now, when we trust Christ as Savior, we're given his righteousness. Romans 10 verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believes. Notice now, God does not count my righteousness. But thank God he does count the righteousness of his son Jesus in Romans 4 verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And that word counted there is a bookkeeping term, and it's like I've said many times, God keeps books. He's got a book on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's got a book on the Deuteronomy. And he looks on my books and all the filth and the I've ever done in my life. I'm a sinner. No good thing I have recorded on my book. And he looks over on Jesus' book and is absolutely pure, absolutely pure and righteous is his. And God takes Jesus' account and puts them over here on my account and takes my account and puts them up on, on Jesus upon the cross of Calvary and I become as righteous as Jesus is righteous. Now that's what Jesus does for us according to Romans 4 verse 5. Let's do it again. For him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. The only way a person can ever be righteous enough to go to heaven then is by receiving God's righteousness by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. John R. Rice used to say this, every man who goes to heaven goes on a free pass. But he who goes to hell pays his own way. And then he would quote Romans 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Romans 8 verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Romans 5, verse 8. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was an expression of God's love for us, John three sixteen, He loved us so much, He didn't want us to go to hell. So God uh, punished His Son in our place to pay the debt. We owe so we can't go to heaven on a free pass. Now watch this. If we are to satisfy the just demands of, of a thrice holy God, then we must go to hell and stay there forever and ever. But, thank God, Jesus Christ Himself satisfied God's demand for sin. Isaiah 53, verse 11. He shall see of the travail of His soul, that's Jesus' soul, and shall be satisfied. I tell people all the time, you go up to heaven and go, why should God let you into my heaven? If you don't have Jesus' righteousness on you, you ain't going in. It's just that simple. And that's by faith. I received His righteousness to my account. Now here it is then. If Jesus Christ said, it is finished, and God Himself said He was satisfied, then why can't we be satisfied with Christ's death, shed blood, and not add anything to it. Now the problem is, as people come to me all the time and say, Preacher, what denomination is right? 
you go around Brennan, there's one on every corner, some kind of church just about it seemed like, and all kind of denominations. I said, here's how you can tell and judge any church whether they're right or wrong. If somebody gets in the pulpit and preaches, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, and you've got to get baptized to go to hell. And you're right. So number one, that, that denomination is wrong. And they're out there. If somebody comes along and says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you've got to take the Lord's Supper and you've got to take the elements and, and all of that has to do to washing your sins away or remittance of your that ain't right. So they're wrong. So you don't listen to them. And you can go right down the road and you look at their doctrine and when it comes to salvation. Now I'm not talking about living a clean life after you saved, I'm not talking about being good to your neighbor and so on. And that's what God expects us to do after you say. But when it comes to this matter of determining where you go to heaven or hell or not, that's strictly by the grace of God. And you receive what He's done for you. And you, that's by grace through faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Plus nothing and minus nothing. Amen? I'm glad I'm saved tonight, aren't you? I'm glad it was simple because I can understand it. Let's pray. Father, will you bless us now tonight in your, as your people? Help us to go out of this place and witness to everybody we can come in contact with and show them the simple plan of God's salvation. Bless us, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.